my friend was broke. She didn't know what to do or where to turn. I'm Nora Ellen. The reason I began this podcast called Women Starting Over is to help women like my friend who find themselves in financial hardship, like divorce, or lost their job or went bankrupt, or maybe, sadly, their husband passed away. You will love these real-life stories of my guests of how they went from being broke to hope to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. Welcome back to Women Starting Over, my friend. I am honored to have the guest that I have on today because she is a woman that I have admired for many, many years and have followed in different ways. I've taken her courses, read her books, and she has vastly impacted my life. There's some women that I really, really admire, and she is one of them. I consider her a mentor for me in a lot of ways, and I know there are many people all over the world that do also. She is definitely entrepreneurial, an international speaker, best-selling author, mentor, philanthropist, licensed CPA for 35 years, and a chartered global management accountant. And her name is Sharon Lecter. Welcome, Sharon. Well, thank you, Nora. I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you so much. Sure, and I'm going to keep reading your bio here because it is amazing. She is a lifelong education advocate. In 1989, she joined forces with the inventor of the first electronic talking book, which I think is so awesome. And then in 1997, she co-authored the international bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I tell people often that she was such a big part of that writing and behind it a lot. (laughs) So that's how I see it. Sharon wrote the book. And she has released 14 other books in the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. Over 10 years as the co-founder and CEO, she built the empire into the world's leading personal finance brand. And it's so true. It's impacted people all over the world. And then in 2008, she was asked by the Napoleon Hill Foundation to re-energize the teachings that he did. She wrote Think and Grow Rich for Women, which my mastermind group book club recently enjoyed. And I, Sharon and I have read uh, from that book here and there on the podcast and some wonderful things. And she has been a mentor and worked with Disney, Warner Brothers, and also met U.S. presidents because this is her passion. She's an advisor on a the important topic of financial literacy. As the CEO of Pay Your Family First, she's dedicated her entrepreneurial efforts to the creation and distribution of financial education, books, games, curriculums, and other experiential learning projects. And I have witnessed her doing this free on her own time down at our state legislature to make financial literacy an well actually a requirement for graduation because that is a lifelong skill. And I want to share something very beautiful and courageous about Sharon. She had done all of that until 2012 when everything changed and she sadly lost her son unexpectedly. And that just sent her reeling as it would any mother. And she stopped playing at the level that she was 
until now. Now Sharon is back and playing big again. She has a course called the Play Big Movement, which I've taken, and it's amazing. You can check that out on her website. She will tell you about that later. And what Sharon's going to do is start out telling us about how she grew up when it came to money. And then Sharon has a lot of starting over stories in her life with her career where she chose to make a change and to start over. So she's going to share all of that with us today. Take well, it away, thank Sharon. you, Nora. I so appreciate it. So tell us about your growing up years. Well, yeah, I actually um, grew up in a very lower middle class home. We lived in a small house between my mom's beauty shop and my dad's used car lot. And we had rental properties that at 10 years old, I had to go scrub out bathrooms between tenants. I swore I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to become a sophisticated professional like my, my friend's parents were. And, you know, have the de- get the degree and have the long-term career and the, get the retirement. And that's what I did. I got to school. I got my degree in accounting. I was the first generation of my family to go to college. I was one of the very first women in public accounting in Atlanta, Georgia. I thought I was hot stuff, young and single and in Atlanta, having a great time. And about the age of 25, I started paying attention to the fact that I was working really long hours for someone else. I had a client invite me to join him. He was going to a company that was in bank, buying a company out of bankruptcy to get the tax benefits. And I still remember going back to my, my apartment and had the old yellow legal sheet, pros and cons, and I, it didn't help me a bit. I could argue both sides, but my <laughs> hand kind of took off across the top of the page and said, why not? Why not do oh, something yeah. different? Why not take the path less traveled? Why not solve a problem or serve a need? So I made the decision to go ahead and leave public accounting, and <laughs> I found out very quickly in a few short weeks why not, because I found all kinds of corruption. But in that process, I met a young man named Michael Lecter. He was there. The company had been involved in some litigation, and he was on the opposite side of a lawsuit. But I had gone away for a couple days, came back, and he was actually in my office. And I I jokingly say we met when he was going through my drawers (laughs) because he was there doing discovery for a lawsuit. It was love at first sight, and we've been married almost 41 years. And so Napoleon Hill says, out of every adversity comes the seed of an equal or greater benefit. So my worst Mm. business decision gave me my best life decision. (laughs) That's great. I love that. That's a great saying. And and your why not? I remember you've written about that in in some of your books. Why not do uh, something new? That's right. And that's, you know, the curiosity and creativity in life is all about discovering new things. And so many times we get comfortable and we get into our comfort zone and we need somebody to kind of push us out of that comfort zone. So we were married nine months after we met and had children. And I started a woman's magazine and sold it. And our kids didn't like to read. So I met the inventor of the first talking children's book and we formed that company, and I learned so much about printing and um, international trade and the power of association. So we had this new technology, which kids back then didn't have any kind of technology. And I said, how are we going to get parents to trust us? So we aligned with companies like Disney, Warner Brothers, Sesame Street, Marvel Comics, and that it just exploded the company because 
people, parents trusted them uh-huh. and allowed to get that kind of um, additional lift. And that's what I teach. I teach the power of association and how important it is to have that power of association. And we sold that company, and then um, we moved actually to Arizona. That's almost 30 years ago. And the next year, our oldest son went off to college in September, and he came back in December in, in credit card debt. I was so livid. I didn't even know he had a credit card. Oh, wow. He'd gotten to campus and was met with tables saying free pizza, free money, free T-shirt, free money. So he had a really good time <laughs> his first semester. But in December, um, I, I was livid with him, but I was more mad at myself. And I said, I've got to do something about that. So December of 1992 is when I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy and financial wow. education. Good for you. And you, you do walk the talk, Sharon, because like I shared with our listener, I saw you firsthand and we both went to talk to the education committee at our state government to try to get the right kind of curriculum in schools so that kids don't end up like your son with that kind of debt at such a young age. It's, it can be paralyzing. Yeah, the gift of financial education is the gift of a lifetime. And as, as you know, a few, short, few years later, I met Robert Kiyosaki and I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and we put 15 books in that series. We were partners for 10 years. But when I chose to leave that company was when I got the call from President Bush. And so I served both President Bush and President Obama on the first Presidential Advisory Council for Financial Literacy. And during that term, when I was there, the Credit Card Act of 2009 was passed. I can't take credit for the bill, but I can certainly take credit for being a squeaky wheel. Mm -hmm. And that bill prevents college credit card companies from soliciting kids on campus or within a thousand feet of campus activities. Wonderful. And so it came full circle and we all, we just all have to stand up for what's true and honest. And in a few short years with your help, we were able to um, get the bill passed in Arizona that requires financial literacy, personal finance classes for graduation, but we're not done yet. We still need a separate class, and we need it in every state in the U.S. and around the world, because it doesn't matter what language you speak or where you live. We all want our kids to be successful, and we need them to be taught about money. It's really true, just right from a young age, that how to save money, be careful about spending money, and then even as a child, you can teach them how to give. That's what my parents did, and that stayed with me for life. Those are excellent principles, and it impacts kids for the rest of their lives. You want to raise them with good experiences and how you talk around money. Don't say things like, uh, money's the root of all evil. It's the most misquoted verse in the Bible. And not to say things like that, or what do you think? I made a money, or money goes on trees. Nothing like that, because when we get older, it can be hard to undo those beliefs. They're, they can be very damaging. And I know it's been that case for me. I've, I've worked to undo uh, beliefs like that, self-limiting beliefs in, in making money. It's so important. I mean, we all grew up in homes and times when we heard, save for a rainy day, pinch your pennies, we can't afford it. So grew up in an environment where every time we heard money, it was a neg- followed by a negative statement. And that is what creates this mindset of scarcity. 
and a lot of women were taught and generational to let the the man handle the money, and so we've given up authority over our own financial situation, and that's you know very important for us to attain, be the CEO of our own life, and be in control is be in control of our money instead of letting it control us. Exactly, and Sharon, the first time I ever heard you say that. You are the CEO of your life. Do you know it changed my life? <laughs> it did. It's just like, wow, I you mean I can have control over my life, my career, my finances? <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> well, exactly, because so many times people were taught to follow the rules. We're taught to follow directions. And so we, we grow up becoming reactive to the world around us and giving up our power. And it's so important for each of us to learn how to be proactive, how to stand in our own power, how to be the CEO of our own life and make those decisions that propel us forward. Yes, I like how you're saying that, to stand in our own power. Because life, we think finances, that it's what's happening to us or on the outside, but it really is what's happening on the inside in our mind and can you speak more to talk about a mindset of scarcity that you just mentioned? Well, certainly. I mean, we so much about money is we're blocked in fear because of those kind of negative things we heard. And so that mindset of scarcity causes us to be fearful around money and give it, give it way too much importance on, from an emotional perspective. And if you start identifying where it came from, you can start releasing it and realize we truly do live in a world of abundance. But most of that mindset of scarcity is also comes from a place of um, a lack of self-confidence. And so educating yourself on money starts creating that power and that knowledge because that knowledge helps you feel more confident about it, gives you an understanding of how to make more money, how to invest it. And so you, as you start educating yourself and you start hanging around with people who are more, more successful that you learn from them, you make sure you understand what you're putting in your brain. What are you listening to? What are you reading? You start becoming more empowered because of what you are educating yourself about. And that gives you more confidence and it allows you to take action more quickly. That is also true. And I agree with you that we live in a world of abundance. It, abundance is everywhere. And just because someone's making money over here doesn't mean, oh, now there's not any left for that person at all. Uh, That's right. Yeah. And I wanted to go back to something else you said. And I, okay, when you talk about association and also uh, with people that are more successful than you. Can you give our listener an idea? Well, how do you do that? How do you meet those kind of people that are more successful than you? Well, the power of association includes finding the right mentor, someone who's been successful in what you want to do that can give you share their wisdom with you, and um, finding other people in that environment uh, that are peers that you can do a mastermind with, that power of association helps elevate what you're doing to a much bigger level. Too many people, a lot of people come out of corporate America or come out of where they've been one of many. They've had peers that they had 
an issue, they just go next door and pop in and have a conversation with an equal. Well, when you're an entrepreneur, it can be very lonely. It's a very lonely thing to be an entrepreneur. So it's very important to establish your network of people that you can bounce ideas off. I'm a member of Women Presence Organization. It's a great group. We get together every month, and when one person has a problem, several others have probably experienced and can help her get through it. But you want to surround yourself with those people that can help you create success. That is the power of association. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't know anybody with money. I don't know. You know, I go, well, find a charity that you believe in and go volunteer and start getting to know people who share that same um, passion. And in doing that, you're going to meet donors. You're going to start finding people of substance. You need to expand your network. And when I start working with people, it's usually the power of association and self-confidence that need the most work in that power of association is going expanding and meeting new people and continuing um, to seek for knowledge and, and learning new things, listening to people share what's happening in your industry. And by doing that, when you put yourself into those environments, you're going to meet the right people. That's really true. And we have these, sometimes we can have these judgments about people that make more money, like there's some we're out there and untouchable, unapproachable, which isn't really true. Because here you are, you're giving up your time free to be on this podcast. You've been such a blessing to me over many, many years. Uh, you are a real person. And do you want to talk a little more ab about that? So let's go deeper with the power of association and getting around people that have more income? Well, highly successful people are more accessible than you would believe. The right. issue is most people are afraid to ask for help. They think it shows a sign of weakness. And I get people, you know, change your mindset. Instead of thinking of it as a sign of weakness, think of it as a sign of respect, sign of respect for the individual that you're asking for help that they have the knowledge that can help you speed your success. You're also showing them that you respect their success. And so, it, again, it's so much about our mindset and how we hold ourselves back. But take, you know, the, take that first step. First step is always the hardest. And once you take that first step, the next one's going to be easier, and you're going to see people say, oh, you need to meet so-and-so. Oh, I, you need to meet so-and-so. They're in that same field. And that's how you start getting energized. You get energized, and that fear that you have turns into energy and into faith and confidence, because you'll feel your confidence go up when you start seeking out the right people. That's beautifully said. Your fear turns into energy and confidence. And I thank you for sharing that, because I wanted our listener to hear from someone like you, who's very famous, very successful, also, financially, I know you're very well off, and you're telling them yourself that asks for help. And it is a sign of respect, which you know, Sharon, I, I've respected you for many years, and we all want to be respected. Even anyone in the world, it doesn't matter who they are or what to do, does need connection, people to respect them, and going to them for help like you said, that first step is hardest, but to just do it. And like you said before, why not? That's right. And, it's, you know, if it is to be, there's a 
uh, ten word to, to with all the words are two letters. If it is to be, it is up to me. And I love that phrase because it is taking ownership of your own life, making decisions, taking action. Nor the number one issue that I see is people know they need to do something. They actually even go somewhere, maybe sit to a seminar or listening to this podcast, but they fail to take action. And every one of us is where we are today because of the choices we made before today. If we want something different out of our life, we simply need to make different choices. That's true. And we're either making a choice to do something or not to do something. Even procrastination is a choice and a decision. It is. And it's something that, you know, we can complain about the economy. We can complain about the government. The issue is you and I can't control what's happening on the global level. We can't complain, you know, really probably control what's happening federally, maybe even not at the state. But we can control what's happening in our wallets. And if you become a master of your wallet, if you understand how to control your money and make the decisions that speed your way to success, and I can't believe what we've gone this far, and I have never used the word asset yet. Assets, my favorite word on earth. Everybody <laughs> should be focusing on buying, building, or creating assets, income-producing assets, because you are financially free. When the income from your assets exceeds your monthly expenses, and it does not have to be millions of dollars. That's exactly right. And you are key in saying that about assets, buying, building, creating, rather than spending, rather than debt. That is how you become financially free. And it's true about the millions of dollars. And since you brought this up, do you want to share with our listeners some ideas about passive income? Because once their assets are greater than their liabilities or their income is greater than their expenses, that is financial freedom. That's exactly right. That's, then you can choose to live the life you want. You're, and the only precious resource we have, Nora, is time. Mm -hmm. We can make money, lose it, and make it back. But you don't get your time back. And do you want to be working crazy hours for the rest of your life? I think not. And too many people, even those that are business owners, they think they are business owners, but they really own a job because they haven't built the foundation of their business strong enough for it to become a true business and an economic engine which is why I wrote Exit Rich, because I want people to have the steps and the tools to build that foundation. You don't build a house without going down first. and You have to put in the plumbing and the electric, and that's what makes that house strong and it can survive for hundreds of years. Your business needs to have that same foundational element created, your legal foundation, your business systems, how you do what you do, and it's so important to create that system so that you have an economic engine called a business, so that you truly own a business, not a job. Yes, that is key. And you wrote about that in the Cashflow Quadrant book in the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. Do you want to talk about the difference between owning a job more and, and being an investor in the, that quadrant? Sure. Well, the left side of the quadrant is employee self-employed, and that's you exchanging time for money. 
That's what school teaches us. Go get a job, go become an expert, and exchange time for money. The problem is there's only so many hours in the day and so many days in the week. And so the right side of the quadrant, which is where I help people move to, my superpower is getting people to understand the power of assets. And you do that by owning a business, a business that works for you, that doesn't consume you, and investments, investments that work for you and give you cash flow. And so if you have a business where you are, you can't leave it and have it be stronger when you come back, then that's really a job. We want you to have a business that can take your successful business, make it sustainable, scalable, and saleable. And that's why I've taken my almost 50 years of experience and combined it with a co-author who's sold and bought thousands of businesses to write the book Exit Rich to help people understand how to find that value, how to build that structure, how to find that one or two things that you can do that creates additional opportunities for you to have more time and more income in the process. It goes through the six Ps of building a strong business. The first one is the people. Do you have the right people on your team? Do you have the right mentor? Do you have people who are strong where you are weak? And then the second P is your product. What is you, you know, let's fine tune what you offer and what, what, whether you serve it or you deliver a hard product. And how can you leverage that? And then the third one is processes. You cannot build a business without processes and business systems. It adds tremendous value. It helps create your competitive advantage, how you do what you do. And as you document those systems, it allows you to be able to scale. Because you're no longer managing people, you're managing a system. Tremendous intellectual property. That's the fourth one, P, proprietary. What makes you unique? Let's talk about those systems. Let's talk about how you stand apart from other people in your industry. All of that is intangible property, intellectual property. And we want to identify it all, protect it, and leverage it. And then the next one is your patrons, your database. So many people today get all excited because they have a bunch of followers on Instagram or Facebook, (laughs) and that's fantastic. But those are lead generations. You Mm want to bring them home. You want to entice them to come to your website, to come to your database so that you can capture them in your database because many, many companies are sold out there because of their databases. So have that customer journey, that nurturing of getting people into your database, again, to build 10x, 100x the value of your company. And then the last one is profits. Most people concentrate on the product and the profits without the other four Ps. It's very important this all go together. And so we go through that entire process of what to look for. What do you have? What are you missing? How can you add it? How do you you start adding value, millions of dollars of value added to your company? 85 to 90% of property businesses that try to sell won't sell because they haven't done what they needed to to establish themselves as an ongoing business. Wow, that was power-packed. I was taking notes like crazy. (laughs) That is amazing. And what you said, so all of it is so true, and and there's an order to it. And databases now are kind of like a new currency. It is. They're very, very important. And young people are kind of not paying attention to it. And they're losing valuation by letting Instagram and Facebook own their their, mm-hmm. their clients. 
And it's so important. That's why, you know, the book itself is, um, Inc. Magazine has stepped up to align with us. Again, the power of association. Mm -hmm. Steve Forbes says it's a goldmine for entrepreneurs, power of association. And it's actually being released in June, but I've made it available now. So if people go to exitrichbook.com, not exitrich.com, exitrichbook.com forward slash buy. They can get an advanced copy right away electronically, and then we will send them the hard copy when it gets released. Okay, that's good to know because I was searching before uh, I talked to you to find, to tell our listener where to get the book. Or I've been waiting to get one myself. So, <laughs> I, yeah, exitrichbook.com forward slash buy. Okay. You'll get uh, immediate access. We'll send it to you electronically and then send you the copy ah. of the hard book. That sounds absolutely wonderful. And I have read many of your books. They're sitting here in my important book pile. It, sound, it might sound funny, but after I read a book, I will leave it out and just look at it for a while to just cement everything that I've I've enjoyed. And there, uh, it's about six books, and three of them are yours. So <laughs> I love your, I love all your books that you read, and this has been fabulous. So is there I what you said about being an entrepreneur? It can be lonely, and I do you want to expound on that? It's kind of true, but. It's okay. It's a decision you make. And then what you did and what I've done is create your groups to get together to talk about what you're doing. So. Yeah, it's very important. And I also, when when the pandemic hit, I was really worried about a lot of people that are solopreneurs. And so mm-hmm. I launched something called ATMs, Abundance Tips and Mentorship. And it's kind of a daily motivational tip on um, money and or mindset. And just having confidence in yourself. And I end every single one of them by saying, you are fabulous. And I want them to say it with me. I am fabulous because we need to support each other. We need to add positivity. We need to add value to people's lives. And I've just so enjoyed it. I've got such an incredible feedback from people who've listened to them. And it was simply for me, when I get mad about something, I do something about it. And I was <laughs> mad about all the negativity, the news, and oh my gosh, I just didn't even want to talk to anybody. <laughs> I said, we need to do something about it. We need to we need to tell people we care about them, and we need to share positivity with them. And so I launched the ATMs, and you can see them more of my website, but uh, you can also check it out at atm.sharonlector.com. But my biggest goal is to provide that, you know, a lot of my clients call me Mama Lector. I just want to provide that, that faith and confidence that I see a greater future for you than you see for yourself. So allow me to paint that future for you. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing that you do. And you do communicate that very well. Over the years, as I've known you, I can see your your heart out front, Sharon. And I think, too, that is why you've done so well financially. And we're going to wrap up here. So what else do you want to share uh, you shared exitbookrich.com slash buy. Anything else you want to share about your Sharon Lecter website, how people can follow you, or anything else? Well, certainly. You can go to SharonLector.com and there's information there about my programs and about my mentoring programs. Um, please follow me on Instagram, uh, my Sharon Author page, Author Sharon Lecter page on Facebook. 
I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, of course, but uh, Instagram I'm pretty active on, and as well as my my own website. You can email me if you have a question, if there's anything we can do to support you, info at SharonLector.com. I'd greatly appreciate people, you know, getting the book because I really do believe there's tremendous value there to support you in taking your business to the next level. So exitrichbook.com forward slash buy, B-U-Y. Thank you so much, Nora. I really appreciate you. You are very welcome. And my mastermind group, we are going to read that book. Looking forward to it. And Thank you, Sharon. This was such an honor, just packed with a lot of wisdom for our listener. I know they're going to probably want to listen to it a few times (laughs) because there is so much that you shared in here that I haven't really had any other guests to touch on on some things because you've had so much wisdom. So thank you for listening and from our listener and get get to know Sharon. She's she's definitely worth getting to know no matter where you live in the world. She is a great mentor to a lot of people. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Women Starting Over. And thank you for sharing to Sharon. And bye for now. Well, my friend, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.